and welcome everyone to Dungeons and Diapers. It's the holiday season, and uh, we are counting down to the biggest event of the year. No, I'm not talking about the Game Awards or the Oscars. I'm talking about the Daddies. Don't Google that. Uh, which is the Dungeons and Diapers Awards. That will be next episode. Uh, but this episode will be, I guess, the last regular episode of the year. And so uh, that makes it important, too. They're all important. I am Crofted Sears. I am your host for this evening or morning, depending on when you're listening to it, or maybe afternoon. And with me is the co-host with the co-most, Ryan Murphy. Hello. I'm uh, sipping some festive holiday drink, uh, some eggnog, you know, so I'm ready. Are, I'm ready you, to... are you really? I Well, here, yeah, I am. See, I don't know if you can hear it. Well, that could be any liquid, Ryan. Well, that's true. It could be any here, liquid. Here, look, I'll sip right back at you. Watch this. Mm. Oh, mm. That, there you go. What was that? Pepsi? Pepsi Max? Yeah, yeah it was Pepsi Max. Yeah, see, guess. I mean, I could hear it. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, fine. That just doesn't because, take a psychic, Ryan. Just because you're uh, finally your your ears are not as finely tuned as mine. Um, yeah, no, I, I you'll just have to take my word for it, I guess, since you can't tell. Uh, I am I am having some eggnog right now. It's delicious. It's delicious. Here's a hot here's a hot take for you, Ryan. Right, eggnog is disgusting, and you're disgusting oh. for drinking it. <laughs> Y'all, you know what? Eggnog is a um, it's it's not a normal drink. I'll give you that. Uh, are we talking like I've never had like sometimes when you say you're having eggnog, a lot of people assume like it's the the boozy kind. But oh no, this, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I it doesn't matter any kind. Okay, it's not the booze that I'm taking issue with here. <laughs> it's uh, the egg it's, of it's the, the nog. egg. And, and here's the thing, Ryan. Like it's already facing an uphill battle because as soon as you put the word egg in in your description of what your food is, it automatically becomes less appetizing unless it is just eggs. Like, because <laughs> if, if you're like, oh, would you like some eggplants? I, I would say, no, I don't want that. That sounds disgusting, right? And they're, they're like, well, it's not egg. And I'm like, then why, why would you call it eggplant? The eggnog, that obviously has egg. What, what are other things that have egg in their title? Um, definitely other foods. That use egg, egg, oh egg salad. I'm like, devil eggs. On. No, but that's just a type of egg. That's I guess a, eggs, yeah, that's I a, guess egg salad. But as soon as the word egg is there, you're you're not you're not leading with your best. Well, what about chocolate eggs? Well, I mean, I guess <laughs> I would say to the, that, and that's a very good counterpoint. Mm-hmm. I would say that chocolate's doing the heavy lifting there. Oh, like. Um. It, yeah. It's like chocolate is such a powerful uh, adjective that I mean, even eggs can't down, can't take down chocolate. But if you said if you said to me, "Do you want chocolate eggs, or would you like chocolate caramels, I, or would you like, I don't know, chocolate ice cream?" I would say those things I would want more than chocolate eggs, just based on the name alone. You right. know. And yeah. and like I'm a huge Cadbury egg fan. Don't get me wrong, but I recognize that they're disgusting. Like when I eat them, I'm like, this is gross, and I should feel bad about myself. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, I'm I'm uh, speaking of um, feeling bad about myself, Ryan. Actually, this is more about feeling good about myself. I decided I sat down to the podcast. We started going there, started hosting, 
And I was like, I'm not sure if I got it, if I feel it yet. And so I took off my belt and uh, oh. I, I feel much, I feel much better. Don't get any ideas. You Thanksgiving this thing is what I was yeah. getting. I was going to get that. I did. I decided, you know what? I'm let me get comfortable here. I could be wearing pajama pants. Like really, that would have been the strategic move. I'm wearing I wear PJs. I mean, that's why we stopped. Yeah, yeah. Like I wear PJs while I'm recording. Like that's once work is done, it's it's into PJs. It's PJ time. I mean, I guess that's I I, I guess that's the smart move. I, I generally don't for some reason PJ time is bedtime. Like maybe on the weekend or if I'm feeling sick, but I'm not. I'm like I'm in jeans right now. Like oh, uh, I, that sounds so uncomfortable after 4 p.m. Well, <laughs> well, I took uh, I did take my belt off, Ryan. So I know. Uh, I I can I, I can hear it. I can hear I'm it. wearing. Uh, yeah, you have good ears. Clearly, <laughs> call back. Yeah, clearly. Um. So, uh. Yeah. Let's start with the let's start with the dungeons. And despite us wasting a ton of time here, I think we're gonna have a tight show. I don't have as much. Last week I felt like I had so much stuff and this week i feel like i got less stuff but how about you start what do, what do you got going on in your dungeon life right well i mean you know the thing is about having a, a light a light frosting of content to talk about this week is because we're actually uh we're, we're in step with our bi-weekly shows so um that is the main reason that's the main reason. But uh, for me, um, I've brought a video game, which is uh, somewhat of a tradition uh, because it's it's really what I spend a good majority of my time, my free time doing. And um, what I'm playing is Marvel Midnight Suns on PC. Uh, oh, so man. Yeah. Are you playing it on the deck of Steam? No. Um, so here's the thing. There is uh, this is the first. So here here's the thing. This is the first time that I've I've bought a game on PC um, thinking this would be perfect for the Steam Deck. And I did do my research ahead of time that A, uh, the developers would be supporting the Steam Deck down the road. Um, fine, I'm fine with that. But if you look into it a little bit, people will say, yeah, it runs okay on the Steam Deck. But once it's optimized, it should be a, a smoother experience. I'm, I'm fine to wait for that smoother experience because I am enjoying it uh, on the PC. Um, that I have hooked up to the TV and I'm just, I'm basically playing it like it's a console game. Um, but, uh, I did try to load it on the steam deck and there are, uh, other issues with the game in the sense that, um, our, my steam saves don't seem to like move over to the steam deck. Like they're not, they're saved to the cloud, but they're not recognized on other devices. Uh, so there's a bit of a bug annoying. there. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I guess that's just the thing for the new releases, eh? Like some of them are gonna like come on hot on PC and then, like as you said, get get streamlined. Anyway, enough about the the Steam Deck of it all. I'm getting yeah, Steam yeah. Deck envy. I asked the question, but I I definitely still want one of these. You stepped in that eggplant, yeah. You did. I I, I did. I did, and now it's squished all over my boots. Oh. I, I'm just kidding. I'm wearing slippers. I'm at least that civilized. Wait a minute. Um, so you don't want to get into PJs, but you're wearing. I, I guess I'm wearing slippers too. I shouldn't. Yeah, the floors are hard, right? Come on. Yeah. Um. So so uh, about Marvel Midnight Suns, I will say that I am. I'm pretty good at not buying games day one or not being too, too tempted. Like, as we talked about, I still haven't touched Ragnarok yet. Will eventually and stuff. But um, but something, not just the marvelness of it, although there is that, but but the XCOM-ness of it and everything 
Um, and even, and this is a weird thing for me, post-Marvel Snap, the card playness of it, which used to be a turnoff for me. Now, all of these things are turn-ons for me, Ryan, and I'm not even wearing a belt. And so I... I'm I'm very I'm very interested in in this game. So uh, uh, I know Bo's playing it. He's been touting its you know goodness to me. Uh, and uh, are you also enjoying it? I I am very much enjoying it. And my recommendation to those at home would would be to to pick it up on your um, current generation console. I I really feel like this is the kind of the reason I don't like PC games. Is they, is they when they launch they they do not launch like they launch on consoles. Like there's a lot of work that needs to be done in terms of optimizing and, and performance and stuff. Um, but if you do have like a beefy enough computer, you can kind of overcome a lot of those issues. And and luckily the computer I have is able to, is able to handle it. Um, that being said, I've heard really good things about the, the console versions. Um, Wait, when you say current gen consoles, what are you talking about? Like what? I don't even know. Well, that would be PS4? Series X and oh no, okay, yeah, the new, yeah the new ones, okay, yeah, fair. It, I mean, they've been out for two years, and I guess like technically, you're supposed to switch to current generation nomenclature once they're out, right? Yeah, I know. I I I get you. It's just that people still I know call them next gen consoles. So like I yeah. Anyway, but uh, but yeah, I I would probably get it on console. Although to me. It, it looks like a PC game. Like it looks like a game that you would play yeah. on PC. But I am playing with a controller primarily. So you heathen. I know. I I honestly play a majority of my PC games with a with a controller because, like I said, it's connected to the TV. Um. So you know. So so um, a lot of questions. I actually know a fair amount about this game. So, uh, like a, a lot of questions for you. Uh, question number one: How long does it take to get Spider Man? <laughs> Uh, not as long as Marvel Snap. <laughs> not as expensive. I still, I still don't have them in Marvel Snap. It's uh, brutal. Yeah, I got. It. Well, okay, you unlock Spider Man pretty quick. I think he is the um second or third hero that you recruit. No, maybe the first. He's actually, I think he's the first that joins the team uh, after a few story missions, and um, it probably felt longer for him to join for me because I was kind of. You talk about the combat. Um, the game kind of operates on this like day night cycle where each day you can take on a mission and it doesn't necessarily have to be the story mission. You can do, there are like random missions that pop up to allow you to get resources and, and different things that you can use to upgrade your, your heroes and your abilities and, and, and your whole, uh, headquarters. So I was doing a lot of that, uh, in between missions. So poor Spider-Man was, um, he was left on the run before I went and, and recruited him, but he joins the team fairly quick. He is the first one to jump in and, and you, you meet him pretty quick. Um, and he is a lot of fun. I mean, honestly, like I think that they do a really good job at, uh, capturing each hero in their unique way. So if you know that hero, like, you know, Spider-Man or Captain Marvel, um, and you start to, experience their their kit with their cards and stuff even their base kit that they that they come with uh, right off the bat you're gonna feel like oh wow they really captured this um and there are a lot of heroes like specifically within the midnight suns um that i i'm not very familiar with like you've got uh magic um nico i, I mean obviously we know blade uh because he's he's a little more um 
Well, he, he's had a couple movies. So like, I, and honestly, that's usually my bar. I mean, I, I'm not a comic book reader. So a lot of the non movie characters uh, and non MCU characters, to be honest, kind of fall through the cracks. Right. I actually know Nico, even though they, they did it, uh, they did a TV series of runaways. I yeah. read the original runaways uh, run in the comics. Um, and uh, it's, uh, it's just funny though because, you know, the whole concept of them is that they're kids of these supervillains and they're very, uh, you know, at arm's length from the greater MCU. So it is, it is weird. Like I never really thought about it as I guess Marvely, but, uh, but uh, yeah, it is, it is cool, cool to see all see all these characters together. I, I really like the idea of like these. Uh, you know, there is obviously the um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. That uh, I think the Switch version was the last <coughs> last version where they bring all these characters together. Other than that, there's like fighting games and stuff, but rarely something with a story and where they're interacting together and all and all of this. And I think about when I play a game like Spider Man on PS4, or PS5, and you're swinging around, and then there's like the Avengers building, and you're like, oh, the Avengers are here. Maybe you would, maybe they'll make a cameo in this game or something. I remember in Spider Man Web of Shadows, Wolverine has this cameo, and um, it, to me, like this is there is a, a big element of fan service appeal to the game, seeing all these characters interact together and like be like, oh, they're all on my team and I can talk to them. Yeah. Well there's there is so much Marvel in this game. They've really they've really packed it in here in the sense not only just in the heroes that you get to recruit to your team that that eventually will join your team, but also in the heroes that are sort of mentioned in the text and in dialogue. There's so much dialogue. Like you talk about this being a story based game and if you've played previous XCOM games, XCOM games would have like little cutscenes in between story missions. They're very minimal, like nothing too, you know, involved. But like this one, there is, it's story all over the place, both cutscenes and dialogue sequences. You know, it's often been compared to the three houses um, uh, sections where you're talking to all your classmates. Oh, really? Uh, I never made that connection, but that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So like while you're in the Abbey in between missions, you are basically interacting with all the superheroes that you've recruited and, you know, you can do everything from, and, and it like, again, we, I haven't really experienced this with Marvel characters or, or really outside of Fire Emblem heroes or sorry, Fire Emblem uh, three houses where you are interacting with these heroes and you're, it's basically like it's, it's a, you're just trying to be friends with all these heroes. Like you're, you're building, friendships with these characters you're um you're going on picnics you're you're asking to go on hangouts you're giving gifts you're having conversations you're choosing dialogue and through that a lot of this sounds lame ryan i know and and this is the thing i'm getting it out of the way because it's a big part of the game like honestly it is a big part of this game um it's not all required I'm sure you could skip past it or basically uh, ignore it. But that being said, the friendship levels of all the characters, they do, they do unlock better, um, uh, better abilities. Uh, They, uh, they unlock team up abilities. They do unlock, um, they are required for certain parts of missions and stuff, but like 
you can you can ignore it if you want. Like there are these, um, for example, there are these clubs. There's uh, Shop Club, uh, Book Club, and where's the other one? Uh, Emo Kids Club. And basically, uh, you 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 get these invites through the uh, the built-in social media app um, to to go to these clubs, and and they will you know offer some funny uh, dialogue, but also offer up some upgraded abilities. Again, like there are other ways to get that stuff. Like you don't have to do it, but it's there if you if you want to, and if you you know really enjoy specific characters, you might find like oh, you know I don't mind interacting. Uh, as much with um, Doctor Strange, or um, uh, uh, they also have um, uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Oh, Nicholas Cage played him. Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider's in this one too. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I saw that as well, which makes sense because he's one of those characters from the um, uh, you know he from from the there are a series of characters that are like mystical characters i think that's what the midnight suns you know um the 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 doctor stranges the the blades the the, that operate in the the supernatural world if you will and then there's like you know characters like iron man that are operating in whatever the pseudo-scientific sci-fi world um and what what is interesting is like when the game was first announced like they leaned into Wolverine and a couple of others, and I was like, "Oh, they're." I could see Wolverine existing in this sort of dark magic. That like I could see what they were doing there, sort of throwing in a couple of recognizable superheroes with with these sort of urban fantasy type superheroes. But then, as the game sort of like got more promo done, next thing you know, it's like, "Wait, Iron Man and Captain America and Spider Man are all there." Like it's all the major ones, you know. Yeah. Um, and so. Uh, but I mean, I I would lie if I said that didn't make it more appealing to me, you know. Like, uh, but but so you're saying like all the hangout stuff that you're doing at the Abbey, all those you know the optional cutscenes and the, the the you know the picnics and all of that. That's <laughs> to that's to build your like it, it, you're going to be getting some sort of benefit for yes. in the combat f- by doing those things. Yeah, you are legit making friends with these heroes. I don't know any other way to describe it outside of like you are you you are you're doing everything in your power for all these folks to like you so that um you can be a stronger team and you know uh it it's um it can be awkward and can you be a dick to them can yes of course if you wanted to is there any advantage to that is there like a light side dark side thing where you unlock like dark powers or whatever by being dicks or well, there is a light and dark side element to um, the choices of dialogue you make. Uh, and depending on your um, sort of whether you're choosing more um, light dialogue options or dark dialogue options, you get access to different powers as the hunter, which is the main character. Uh, that being said, like it really you, like the game is linear in a sense that you can't make someone hate you and they leave the team essentially if you say something that upsets them they will lose um like a friendship point that's literally what it's called are you kidding me i'm not joking that's cringy i mean here's the thing and again some of the friendship stuff is uh is cringy uh some of the dialogue is a little uh weird but other times it's it's fun and endearing and it's it's cool but you know it's not something that you have to really worry about 
Um, just do the bare minimum. And then like, it's not, here's the thing. When people compare it to Fire Emblem Three Houses, this was my first thing I wanted to sort out because Fire Emblem Three Houses, like it was a lot. You were talking to like 30 students. That's if you recruited yeah. everybody. It was a lot of running around and fast traveling. It's like, oh, I didn't talk to this person yet. What, what yeah. dialogue will they have? In this, it's it's not that. You don't even have to talk to everybody every time. You just, on the map, it'll show you who is ready to chat with you. You can go have a quick conversation with them and maybe make a choice of like, sometimes they, they want help and you'll like, you have a dialogue choice of like, okay, um, here's my problem. Pick A or B and you get, it, it tells you the rewards you'll get depending on what you pick. You want to go do some training. You want to set up, um, they have like the away missions where you can like queue up um, missions that um, that sort of happen in the background, like uh, you could send a, send Iron Man to help uh, Ironheart out, uh, and and that's where like more of the Marvel stuff comes in with those hero ops, where you're getting like a lot of the flavor, um, the Marvel flavor in in the text, in the descriptions of the missions, where it's like I helped Moon Knight at a uh, museum opening where Hydra was was undercover, you know, and I could send anybody I wanted with him. And I think I sent, um, one time I sent Spider-Man with someone and (laughs) part of the mission text that came back was like, please don't send Spider-Man again. He's super annoying (laughs) because he talks quite a bit. Um, Sweet. Yeah. And and here's the thing about Spider-Man and some of the other characters, they also like bring in uh, some of the voice actors. So Spider-Man is voiced by... Uh, the same guy who voices him in, in the PlayStation games. So like, it's a, it's a really neat piece of continuity there. Yeah, no, that it is. It is. Uh, um, that is cool. Like I, I, I appreciate that sort of stuff. Like God knows Kevin, the late Kevin Conroy was everywhere as Batman, right? Like having, having a consistent, uh, consistent voice is, um, is neat. Even if it's a different version of the character and stuff. Um, yeah, so how far are you in it, do you think? Uh, about 20 hours in, so I've been playing it uh, quite a bit. And, and and here's the thing. like, Well, let's talk about what you said was your favorite part, which is the combat. And I'll say, like, the combat, again, similar to Fire Emblem Three Houses, it's the story and the combat that really make this game. And And the story can be, it's a Marvel story. So, of course, it's like big bad guy comes in, and you have to form a team together and fight the big bad guy. And there's going to be some obstacles thrown your way. It's not like a earth shattering Marvel story, but it is a Marvel story and it's a lot of fun. Uh, but the combat, I was also worried I was not going to dig the the card combat because honestly, I get overwhelmed with all the options. And in this game, there is you have a an eight card deck and it has to be sort of built in a specific way combining attack support and um heroic moves and you get a couple cards in between missions as you unlock this uh i I don't know like you, you every mission you do you get a guaranteed sort of they call it a gamma coil and then you can kind of process that and get like a selection of cards you can choose from so every mission you come back from guaranteed to have some new cards to try out on the next mission and in combat it combines your cards um movement abilities and heroic abilities uh or environment abilities to kind of like set up this sandbox of like okay how do you want to take out these enemies go for it um 
and you're you're really given a lot of freedom. Like you can just use your cards. You can decide, you know what, I want to, you know, um, use this card to position my hero over here. And then because I'm close to this object, I can kick that object into three dudes and they all die. Like it, it is really cool as you can, like, you have so much freedom and you can kind of queue up all these really neat, uh, mechanics and they all play off of each other. Um, like one specifically, I really enjoyed it. makes the game so much easier and more fun is that you get the shove ability by upgrading your, um, stuff at the abbey and basically it allows you to like push um push an enemy and you can push an enemy into another enemy and cause damage or cause them to uh ko and it's it is so satisfying and all, and it gives all you characters idea. have that yes well to a certain degree i think um i think all characters have it yeah and in terms of like play like gameplay when your team's on the field uh is there a character that or like is there a character that skills are kind of more fun or more interesting or whatever are they all fun in their own different ways the main character that you play the 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 most interesting like what you know how how does that how does that work um i found this late like not late in the game i feel like i'm still kind of scratching the surface like people have said it's about a 50 to 60 hour game um depending on like how far you get into like the optional stuff um but like obviously the hunter the main character uh they are they get very powerful and get a lot of really cool moves the further you go and um a lot of bonuses too um when you start to upgrade the character so they've been really strong but in terms of their abilities like they have this ability to uh, they have dual swords but the swords can also be turned into like a, a whip like um weapon so there are moves where you're just like slashing and dashing but then there's other moves where you are like using your swords to grab an enemy and hurl that enemy into another enemy or into the wall and it's like it's just the effects that you see is like you grab this enemy with your sword and hurl them across into an explosive barrel that then takes out three other dudes like it's just it personifies this superhero those superhero battles you see in the movies, right? Like you, you finally get that in this game. They, and I mean, like, that's the thing, like these heroes are so powerful that they had to find a way to kind of make them super powerful and feel super powerful without making the combat too easy, you know? Um, but in terms of other heroes, like I really like captain Marvel. She's really interesting. Like she has a lot of abilities where she is, um, you know, taunting and gaining shield through her moves. But then also like if you use three of her cards in a row, she has a special ability to, I think like basically go super and she just starts and she like starts glowing and then her um, offensive abilities become stronger, you know? Sounds very anime. Yeah. Very anime. Uh, And, you know, Spider-Man again, Spider-Man has a lot of abilities where he's, um, He's jumping over enemies and webbing them so you can bind enemies to make them, you know, take them out of commission for a turn. Uh, He has a lot of like knockback abilities, both uh, knockback forward, knockback backwards. And and that comes in really handy because, again, like the way the battles work is that a battle starts with a set amount of enemies. And then each time you finish a turn, reinforcements arrive until you complete the objectives. So if you're not doing the objectives and you're not taking out the enemies, you can find yourself quickly overwhelmed by 
reinforcements. Um, and I think that that's where it comes into play of like, you always have a bunch of enemies to, to battle as you're trying to complete this mission. And, uh, but yeah, like all the heroes are a lot of fun and they're all very unique. Like I really feel like all of them have their own unique kit and they're, there's no clones that I've seen so far. Like that doesn't feel like, Oh, that's, that's yeah, um, yeah. another blade or whatever, you know? And I totally like, there didn't seem to be enough characters for that to be, you know, to be the case. I, I have to say like some of my pet peeves with XCOM, you infuse these characters with meaning when you're playing an XCOM game. It's like, okay, this guy, I'm going to name him Crofton the sniper and he's never going to die. And you know, like you're like, you're playing, you're playing a, you're giving these characters that you're you're building up over time where these these are actually now characters on the field that have personalities that you're interacting with beforehand between missions. I'm assuming they can't die like an XCOM character. They just would go down, right? If, for the mission and then Yeah. That would be yeah. So so that that's nice. Yeah, they they will um they will get knocked out. You have the ability, depending on your difficulty level, to revive them once. Um but if all your heroes are down, then the mission just says like, hey, restart encounter, return to Abbey, that sort of thing. So, yeah, no, like um, the only, yeah, the only death or the only sort of changing of teams happens when in the story, basically. One thing about this game I find interesting is its release timetable. Because it released, like, it is funny because, I, you know, my birthday is in December as well as Christmas. and. And so everybody looks for my list and, you know, I, I sent out a list earlier, uh, like in, in late November or whatever. And this game was not on it. I had totally forgotten about it. It was not, you know, I didn't know how it was going to come out, whatever, whatever. And now it's out. And it was funny because I was telling my wife, I'm like, Hey, I got, I'd like to add a game to my list. And she's like, Oh, everybody's <laughs> already done. I'm like, really? I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody shops early. I'm like, Oh, I don't. I'm like, yeah, but everybody, who's organized does. And I'm like, Hey, I guess that's true. <laughs> I so haven't it shopped is, yet. <laughs> I, I know, but we're men. It's different or whatever. But like the re the reality is, is that um, a lot of people have done their shopping already for the Christmas season uh, or, or do it early. And uh, a lot of people like myself might not have even thought to have included this game. Like it is a very late edition. And, you know, I always think about that when it comes to Jeff Keighley's game awards, like I think Smash Brothers came out around this time one time, and and like it wasn't included in any, any of the game awards, or it's not nominated or whatever because it's just too late in the year, and they can't wait till January to do them like they should. They do them, they do them before the year is up, and therefore like Marvel Suns or Midnight Suns would only be open for consideration like this time next year, and everyone will have forgotten by then, you know. Um, so it's it is a. Uh, it is it is what it is, but yeah, I might I might shell out for this one, Ryan. Everybody's saying good things, you know. Yeah, I I think you'd enjoy it, and honestly, like I think the Abbey sections, um, the negatives that are that are sort of earned there. I, I mean, honestly, like it is so overshadowed by how great the combat is, and if you want, you can just like just move through it and get right back to the combat. It is not. Like when it's compared to Fire Emblem Three Houses, it is only in the structure, not in the length and tediousness of interacting. Like there is some exploration you can yeah. do, but again, it's optional, and um, the game will tell you if it's not. 
you know it's and i i recently bounced off three houses based on that exact thing so but i again it was on a replay so i i had really you know realized that i was fairly burnt on exploring that that uh that area and now uh this new area with less characters that are all marvel that that appeals to me um i just just moving uh moving along here uh the uh I wanted to do an update, just a quick update on Pentiment, which was the game I mentioned last time, um, as and and pretty much lavish praise on for the duration of the last podcast. Since last podcast, I have finished Pentiment, and I have some additional thoughts, um, a postscript, if you will. And if ever there was a game that deserves one, it's Pentiment. Um, I'm still very high on this game. I think it is amazing. I think that it's amazing that it exists. I think as somebody who appreciates storytelling and and the commentary it provides on storytelling and how stories work throughout history and how they build on each other is absolutely fantastic. Um, The third act of that game, and the game is divided into three acts, uh, each act follows uh, has a time jump afterwards, the third act of the game is really a change of pace from the first two. And I would say not for the better. Like it, the, um, the, the pacing slows to a crawl. Um, and the, the things that have been pushing you through the first two acts are no longer there. At this point, you are very much on board because you want to see the unfolding of the overall mystery. Um, and like, you're not going to drop if you've gotten through the first two acts or it's unlikely, but I kept expecting as I went through the third act for it to really pick up. And it, it does, it does because the third act includes the game's ending, but the game's ending the last, like, I would say, you know, half hour of gameplay is just fantastic. And like, it leads, it leaves everything on a super strong note and even redeem some creative decisions that it did earlier. Just really, really great. But like thinking back on it, um, I, I definitely am less high on the entire game than I was last time. Um, when, when I was right at the end of the second act, I think when we did the last episode. Uh, and so would I like, it's still not a game that I would recommend to everybody. Um, it really appeals to certain type of person and it will appeal to that person a lot um and uh, i am one of those types of, of people if you think like you listeners um i don't think it's a ryan murphy game personally but i think that there might be listeners out there that that would be interested in something like this um you know, go back, listen to the previous episode, all my gushing praise. And the only postscript I would add is that uh, while it nails the ending, uh, it, there there is a period fairly, I would say the third act is the longest too. And so it's kind of, you know, it is, there's a slow part uh, that comes at a it's sort of inopportune time. Um, so yeah, the pacing of the game could have been improved a little bit. So anyway, closing thoughts on that, Ryan. Very good. Um, the other the the other thing is that people kept talking when I was playing Pentiment. People would talk to me about Disco Elysium, which I have not played, and everybody sort of is aware of this game. It's like a game of the year winner uh, in in many outlets and stuff. Ryan, did you ever play Disco Elysium? 
Uh, yeah, I started it. Um, and this was previous to, I know they've done a lot of updates since with a full voice acting suite yeah. and, and patches and stuff. Um, yeah, I started it, did not get very far. I think I kind of bounced off of it. It was very, well, I mean, like, as you said, you said Pentiment was not a Ryan game and it probably turns out that's a good, that's a good assessment. Cause I don't think Disco Elysium was, I need to go back to it. I've heard it's really good on Steam Deck, so I, I might have to. No, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't go back if you don't feel drawn to it just because it's gotten good critical reception and other other things. Like I'm playing it now, and it is like it is both Pentiment and uh, Disco Elysium are the equivalent of art house movies. Like they're for video games. They're like the high highbrow video games that do a lot of very interesting things, and that's great. Like I mean, you know, that's fantastic, and a lot of I, I appreciate that these games exist, and I personally am actually the audience for a lot of these games, and that's not to make myself sound any sort of like highfalutin snob or whatever. I just like I like this stuff. Um, Bo is like Disco Elysium is now like one of his favorite games ever and we were talking you know he's been talking about it and when he heard me talk about pentiment he's like is that the disco elysium like that that they're developing and i was like disco elysium like it looks nothing like disco elysium now i i should say for those who do not know what disco elysium is it is a um it is a game that was released a couple of years ago and as ryan mentioned that it was like you know, it didn't have voice acting at the time. It was a PC only game. Now it's been like essentially ported to all major consoles, has a definitive edition with full voice acting, so forth and so on. But it is a uh, a role playing game where you play a, a detective that, and, uh, that's lost his memory and that is uh, following an epic bender. Uh, wake, you wake up and, you know, you have to solve a murder, um, which would be. An interesting conceit by itself, but layer onto that that it takes place in a completely new science fiction world, um, one that is marred by like labor strife and all sorts of stuff um, that you have to learn everything about. And layer on top of that, um, this interesting role-playing system that does not involve combat the game looks like those old isometric rpgs like a, a baldur's gate or whatever you're you're walking around um uh overhead sort of looking down at your character and you know you can hold the button to see what what's interactable and all this but instead of having combat stats your character has a series of stats related to things like empathy and intelligence and world knowledge and all of these things that allows them to pass skill checks um throughout the game that um that are that are not combat based and honestly i love that stuff but it also leads to you having these uh, esoteric internal conversations with aspects of your personality like your your appetites may be like oh you need to drink and smoke or or like your your empathy will be like it will start talking to you much like the characters in that movie inside out that pixar movie yeah. um and, and that so so that's a lot like now you've got a science fiction world you've got all these this innovative rpg sort of mechanic then you have the murder mystery of it all you have all this stuff layered on top of each other so it's extremely dense it's the textbook definition of dense there's characters that are extremely wordy that will talk for a really really long time um uh the 
And uh, I got it. I, like Bo and I had a kind of a, a back and forth about about it that I thought he made me see things a bit differently because I was like, you know, wow, I really wish this game had just done had not done the science fiction world, had just done the mechanics of the game, which is like that you're building a, uh, your character over time by making choices, that you have your stats like empathy and all of that. Like all of that stuff could be done, but they could have done a murder mystery in say like New York City or 1930s New York or something that was like, that was understandable and relatable. And then it would be a little easier to get in it because I'm trying to learn all about this world while my character is crazy and all of this stuff is going on. It's just a lot. But Bo made a very good point, and I will give a give it to him, which is that he said, like, your character is supposed to be an amnesiac and not understand really anything that's going on. And you have to keep having to ask people these questions. But if you as the player knew all this stuff, like you're like, oh, I know New York. I know what this is. I know blah, 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 blah. Well, then there would be a disconnect between what your character knows and what you know. But in this case, I'm as confused as the character I'm playing because I'm confused about what's going on in the world. As he's learning stuff, I'm learning stuff as well. And it makes it more interesting. It makes it more identifiable and all that. So it's growing on it as I play and as I think about it differently and stuff. But it is like, it is a heavy, it is a heavy game and it's not necessarily for everyone. But I have an appetite for a mystery following Pentiment for a wordy mystery with strong characters. Like now I'm like, oh, I would like another one of those. And again, this, this is a murder mystery, although I'm not really in on the mystery part yet. Like, I don't care a ton like I did when the Pentiment mur mis murders happened. And I knew who I knew who the characters were before they were murdered. So I cared more. Here, the the characters already murdered and I'm trying to learn about them and, and that. So it, it's less, you know, I don't know. It, it it it's just it's taken more effort to get into it, but I'm chipping away and I'm enjoying I'm enjoying it quite a bit. And there's nothing out there like it, like like Disco Elysium. Like there's no there is no other game I can compare. I laugh when Bo's like, "Oh, are you playing Pentiment, the Disco Elysium?" Like I'm like, "There's nothing like this game. It's so crazy." <laughs> so so uh, uh, maybe there will be at one point. I would I like the idea. Like if anyone who's ever played D&D, like the idea of skill checks, like where it's like, are you able to do this or do that? Like based, did you pass the skill check or not? Oh no, you fail. So this and that doesn't happen. Like using it for stuff other than combat is very interesting. And there's a lot that's done in the game. That's very interesting with the skill checks. And there's like, two types there's like white ones which you can retry after some time like it'll be like you have to like there's like a cool down on them and then there's red ones where it's like you mess it up and they'll tell you the percentage like a shot in XCOM like you have a 37% chance of making this thing right and uh and you can wear you know different pieces of clothing like I wear these aviator sunglasses that are really good for my confidence checks but really bad for my like and my authority checks, but really bad for my, like, I forget what, what the empathy checks. So it's like, you kind of like, if you know a hard check's coming up, you kind of got to redress your character. I'm like, I'm putting on a different hat that makes me look more cool or gives me more confidence or whatever. So anyway, it's pretty, it's pretty funny. And there are honestly is some really funny humor in it. And um, the voice acting is really, really great. I know you didn't experience the voice acting, but it's, it's good. Yeah, no, I, I, I haven't. Um, 
Yeah, maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll boot it up on the on the Steam Deck. Although I am I am very much uh, got a lot on my plate. I mean, Marvel Midnight Suns is really keep me busy now that uh, I finished up Ragnarok. So I I think I'm I think I'm good right until Christmas. One game at a time, right? But I like it. I'm just realizing there's these masterpiece games that I just have not played. And that when it went in between, like before jumping on the latest and hottest, like Disco Elysium is a game that is very much like I love sci-fi. I love storytelling. I love like, you know, character work. I love like thinking about things and mulling it over. And like, I mean, the game does, the game offers a lot of that. But meanwhile, the other game I'm playing is on the Switch. And you can get it like on PC and I think on Xbox as well, Rogue Legacy 2. Um, and it's funny because I was explaining it to my wife, like wine pairings, like, uh, you know, Disco Elysium is all, you know, text and character building and decision making. And it's like heavy, as I say. And then Rogue Legacy is this game where you're, it's like pure gameplay. You are just playing. It's a roguelike. You're going through this castle. It's super smooth. It's fun to play. Uh, just, just you know, in the same way that like a Dead Cells is, uh, you just you just feel really good when playing it. Um, and you do. There's like one more run, one more run. But at the same time, you can listen to a podcast or something. While like it doesn't occupy your brain like disco does. So I've been sort of pivoting. Like I'll come down after the kids are going to bed. I'm like, ah, I'll do a couple of runs of Rogue Legacy, and then I'm like, okay, now I'm ready for disco, and then I'll sit down and, and play that. So they work really well together. Yeah, Rogue Legacy Two is one of those games. I think um, I was able to play at launch uh, through a review code um for the gamers in and yeah it was a lot of fun and it's a great game and and honestly like it felt like they took the first one took everything that was great about it and just ratcheted it up you know you had you had more to do uh in between runs by upgrading your skills and interacting with folks in town and then even the world of exploring the the castle um it felt more of like a metroidvania as you're like unlocking new abilities and uh paths forward and stuff so it's uh that one's a lot of fun and works amazingly well on the steam deck so yeah it it works amazingly well on the switch that's what's crazy like i've never played a game i think on the switch that runs 60 frames a second um and uh that's not true i'm sure you played most of the Nintendo ones run at 60 frames. Well, not Pokemon. No, they don't. They do. Which, they which, uh, like Mario Kart runs at 60 frames. Does it? Yeah. No way. Yes, it does. does it- Get in there, measure it. Yeah, but Google it, I guess, is probably the easier way to do it. But Mario Kart runs at 60 frames a second. I feel like I'm putting it to the test right now. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, how many frame FPS is Mario? cart <laughs> switch i guess it's a wii u game so it is very po- possible yeah i well you know animal crossing probably runs at 60 frames doesn't need to but it does i'm, I'm sure like you gotta you gotta understand it it's a 1080p god Max damn system. you're right holy shit yeah, yeah. don't count I nintendo so. out they're fine uh, i mean i guess it's just i guess it's just with all the um, the, you know, like the Pokemon release and every like the Switch feels like it can't run shit. I played Xenoblade on it. Everything is like popping up left and right, probably running at 12 frames a second. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but but like but definitely you can 
feel it on Rogue Legacy. It's just like tuned, tuned, tuned uh, for the Switch. And like not everybody has a Steam Deck, Ryan. And so, but a lot of people have Switches. And I will say that like when I'm doing the girls' bedtime, like it fits well, like in my hand and like to play Rogue Legacy. Cause I got Rogue Legacy one on the, uh, I remember I had, I had it on the PC, but I also got it on the Vita RIP Vita. Oh, um, wow. And uh, I played on the Vita, but the Vita was hard to play it on. It was like just my, it was just too small for my hands for the type of fast paced action that that game offers. It just was not a great experience, especially compared to just using the controller on the PC version that I had. But with this, with the Switch, I thought it would be the same thing. I've played other games on the Switch too, like in portable mode, like Mark of the Ninja and others that that I felt was kind of like I would be like, oh, I should just wait till I have the Pro Controller. This is too hard to play in portable. But for some reason, this one plays very well um, and is a really, really fun game. And like I remember the first one, I played it a bunch and I loved it, but I never really got out of the first area or like maybe I beat the first boss eventually and, you know, you have to – you have to go through all these areas and I'm still like, I've, I've died a lot. I'm still in the first area, Ryan. Like I've upgraded like my guy a bunch. I've never beat the first boss yet. Yeah. Well, it takes time, right? You gotta keep pushing, right? Did you do it, Ryan? I, I did. But again, like I played back in September, so I've got a, a couple more, uh, hours I under my belt. I don't believe you. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I've, I, I've finished two bosses in that one, I think. All right. I'm okay. by no means I'm no good at the game. Like I'm terrible at it. But no, like, you're 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 good enough. The thing is, it's like one of these games where like <clears throat> you do a run, but and and you know this is more for the listeners. You do the run, but then you can you get money, and then you can use that money to upgrade your keep, which gives you more things, like including more HP, like more health, more classes to play. And if there's one thing that I love the most about this game, it is the classes. There are so many cool classes and they make the game feel completely different. Like when you're playing a gunslinger, it's like a twin, not a twin stick shooter, but it's a shooter. It feels completely different than when you're playing, say, the barbarian or whatever. And then like I've unlocked like the astromancer that does these little black holes that damage in certain areas or the... um or the bard where like you shoot out these musical notes that barely hurt anyone. And then you have to bounce on them to create sock waves that go off. So it's like the whole way that you play the game is different. And every time it's really, really fun. So like you'll, you'll finish a run. You'll be like, Oh, next time I'm going to do this. It's like in Hades where you would switch up your gear and it would make the experience totally different. Um, It's the same thing here. And it works really, really well. I love dead cells. But and you do have different gear loadouts you can do in that, but it doesn't feel as completely different as this does, depending on the class you take. Yeah, no, I, and and I think the the really cool part about Rogue Legacy Two is they also have like so many new classes, and both the fun one, fun ones, the powerful ones, and and the the funny ones too, right? Like I think they've. Um, They've done a great job at just making that game just so deep and just have so many different options uh, as you play through. And and um, yeah, I love that game. It was, it was so cool. I I just I, and it came out this year, so I have to uh, I have to make a note. It's on a lot of the game of the year like consideration list right now. Uh, and uh, yeah, I could see I could see 
absolutely why you would. And for me, it reinforces this thing where I used to be kind of like, I don't want to say prejudiced against, but the early access games, you know, games that, that have been in early access and they're charging full price for, well, like, I think Rogue Legacy 2 has been in some form of early access for a long time and it had its official launch this year. But that was the same thing with Hades as well. And it allows them to polish it to a shine. You talked about some of the rough edges in Midnight Suns when it came out. Like th these games are coming in hot, like and 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 perfect. Uh and like I'm very excited and to play Baldur's Gate 3. I have not touched it yet. Like oh, it's been in early access. They're they're likely going to do a full release next year. Uh, you know, Bo, Mike, and I played through Divinity Original Sin 2 together, and we're like really excited to play this. But now when I hear these games are going through early access, I don't roll my eyes anymore. I'm like, that's great. If I can be patient when they release, they are gonna be like hot to trot, you know. So that that was the case with this one. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that uh, I, I I think early access is a great platform. Like um, uh, Vampire Survivors is another great example of a game that launched in early access, and I mean it was superb in early access, but was just all the more better when it when it had its 1.0 launch. So I I think the early access is I, I got a lot of flack at the beginning of the programs that when they were kind of starting to roll out, but I think now like you can clearly tell when there's like this is a really good early access option and um yeah and, and like there's there's less or maybe i don't want to say less but because i don't know for sure but there's uh, i'm less aware i'll say of these forever early access games you know the ones that never see a 1.0 launch and so uh those because that was the bat you know the star citizens the whatever those those were the those were the ones that were giving it kind of like the bat you know daisy a lot of these games that would just never really hit a 1.0 or a never an official launch took for, you know took forever and it just felt like that they were getting they were circumventing the system getting a bunch of money but never actually you know formally releasing anyway it's different now um let us move in, Ryan, to the diaper section, um, and uh, and talk about as we you know head into the Christmas season, what we're up to. We both made it very clear that neither of us have gotten our gifts organized, but I don't know about <laughs> you, but in my case, like like it sounds bad, but Jesse really likes buying the girls gifts and all that sort of stuff. Like I don't have to. The only gifts I have to get really are for her. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, uh, I, I, that's really, I, you know, and her birthday was last weekend and I nailed it really good. I did good job, I think. And so, you know, I'm, I'm in that brief week window where I take a break before I get back on the horse for Christmas. But, uh, but what about you? Like in terms of gifts, like does Ashley take care of all the kids gifts or do you split them or like, how does it work? Uh, well, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like Ashley takes care of the bulk of it. And in terms of the gifts for the kids, that being said, like she likes to get an idea of what the kids want over the course of the year. And then like by over the course of the year. So by like, usually around the, I notice how much stuff we have is when I go to get the winter tires at a storage downstairs and realize like, Oh, there are a lot of just uh, random toys and stuff in the closet here waiting for Christmas. And oftentimes like it's all stuff she's bought on sale or through deals that she sees on Facebook. And we'll have like a night or two where she'll get 
all of it out and we'll like go through it and like, okay, this works well for Caden. This works well for Abby. This will be good for the cousins. And, and we just kind of go through it all. Um, you know, I'll, um, like a- Ashley says, like I'm notoriously hard to buy for because I kind of buy the, like when it comes to video games, like it's, I'm better these days, but previously like I'd always kind of just buy whatever. But, but these days I like, for example, Mario plus rabbits. I didn't buy it at launch. I I had too much on the go and I'm like, you know what? I'll put it on my Christmas list. And I felt pretty good about that. And, um, and I do know I'm going to be getting it for Christmas because I I saw it on sale and I said like, well, we should pick this one up since it's on sale. (laughs) Um, but, uh, ruining your own Christmas. I, you know, and that's the thing, like, uh, it's also very hard. It's still hard to surprise me for Christmas because honestly, um, I do ruin it. Uh, usually because I'll find something on sale and I say, okay, you can buy it now. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's on sale. Yeah. And my list doesn't leave much to the imagination. It's usually like one video game. Uh, I'll say like coffee, you know, I don't do, I don't ask for it so much anymore, but like I used to ask for like different craft beers, but I don't really drink as much anymore. Um, but yeah, like coffee and, uh, you know, uh, gift cards for like PlayStation or steam or whatever. Um, you know, I, I asked for steam cards this year because I got to load them up on the steam deck, but, um, all right, we get it. You have a steam deck. <laughs> I only do that for you, uh, you know, and, and, and just, just to let you know, it's, it, it would be a great addition to the shed. Um, but yeah, like I'm, uh, but I'm also terrible at buying gifts and what I normally do is I'll, I'll ask for a list, but like the list is like the exact value of what we agreed to buy. And I'm like, that's not very fun. Like, then you do know exactly what you're getting, but I suppose I do that too. But, um, I'm not, a, I don't like shopping to be honest. I'm not a big shopper. I don't, I hate, no, I hate shopping. Me neither. I find it, I find it challenging. One thing that has been happening to me, Ryan, that I find pretty, like, it's kind of funny because, um, it frustrates me, but also like entices me is, is that Facebook is sending me these targeted ads, you know, just these ads. And it's for this stuff that I don't even know exists, but then is like, I'm like, whoa, that looks awesome. And I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't click on this. If I click on this, they're going to, and then I click on it. And the next thing, the next day, there's like three other things and they all look super awesome. And it's stuff that I've never, I've never thought of or considered before. And I'm like, oh, would you look at this? And and I realized that it's possible to come up with really cool or creative gifts for somebody like a me or a you, but you would really have to do a lot of, um, you know, homework. Like I'll give you an example with the Facebook stuff was, was spotlighting for me. One was this, there's this uh, breath of the wild map carved out of wood by machine or whatever. It's like this wooden map and you can get it in different sizes with colors. And it looks like really nice. Like I, I look, I even showed it to my wife. She's like, that actually looks good. I'm like, yeah, no, I know it's good, but it's also still a Nintendo like breath of the wild map. You can get, and this company will do like maps for like Lord of the Rings or like anything all carved out of wood. It's hard to explain, but when you see it, it looks beautiful. And I'm like, Oh geez, that looks good. But then, of course that's fairly pricey um and then but then i haven't clicked on that the next day it's like well maybe you want a world map made out of wood and i'm like oh that would be good for the girls they would get a sense of and then the next day it's like this this dior- dioramas of like 
8-bit video games, like these sort of dioramas that you can put on your desk and they've all been crafted by by hand. And like some of them are old Sierra adventure games I used to play on PC. And it's and then then the next day it's something else. So there's all these like all these like you know Etsy type stuff or 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 things that are like really appealing to me right now and I'm and I'm like why I, I've already as we've said made my list for people and stuff but uh, I actually want a lot of things right now I'm writing them down I'm like oh I would like this I would like that but I, I don't want Facebook to know that that they're the ones that sent me to these stupid companies that I didn't know existed you know but uh, that's how they make their money yeah I. Uh personally hate Facebook ads. And honestly, the only ones I usually see are either video game related or website design related. Um, cause I usually only go to Facebook to, uh, to do, um, posts for gamers in or, uh, <laughs> or, or to, uh, converse with clients for, for website stuff. So yeah, I hate, I hate Facebook. I hate targeted ads. I find it super creepy. You're not supposed to, you should really not click on any of those, honestly. Um, it's bad for your health. Um, but does sound like you found a cool thing that you may want to buy. You say that, you say that, but then there's all these products that I never would have known about, like literally never known about. I wouldn't have thought to think for them. I wouldn't have looked for them. I would have whatever. And <laughs> it, so it's like, there is like, I understand the, the, Oh, I hate meta. I, I hate, I don't like no. Facebook. I don't want whatever, but, but like, for me, it's like this is actually offering me some form of service. Like I hate it feels dirty, don't get me wrong. It's ads, but it's about things that I never knew existed. How would I find out about them otherwise, Ryan? Uh personal recommendations, I find probably the best way to do it. But you do you You didn't you didn't tell me about it. No. Look, I, I didn't. just put the the high rule 3D map in the chat and I was just like, why didn't you tell me? And Bo didn't tell me about it. If you two aren't recommending this stuff to me, then how the hell am I ever going to find it? I need my friends at Facebook. They you, look out for me. You're just like my brother. Uh, he'd say like, oh, yeah, I should buy this. Like, yeah, you're going to put your credit card information into into like a website you've never heard about. <laughs> that sounds good. But hey, well, I mean, well. I mean, you got to do your homework afterwards. Don't be a dumb afterwards. dumb. Like, no, yeah, before like, you put the credit card in. No, after you see the ad. Like you oh. see the ad and then you click to the site, you look at it, do some research on it, try to pull out some reviews, try to be like, is this a legit thing? Obviously, you don't just throw money into some random thing, but like, <laughs> but like, I'm like, I put the link in the discord here and like, I took a little look into these guys and like, like, I mean, I, I'm not ready to pull the trigger yet, but like at the same point, the map looks pretty sick. So anyway, I can, off. Could put it in my yeah, but that's been there since it's like whatever. It's always going to be fifty percent. I know, yeah. I know how those, I know the, how those gimmicks work. But uh, but yeah. Anyway, enough about uh, 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 Christmas for us. What what about uh, what other Christmas uh, um, preparation stuff have you been like? The Murphy clan is always super busy at this time of year. Yeah, we had our uh, first two big events uh, with the family. We had a, a Christmas luncheon party um, for the for our real estate agent. They have all their clients come together, and it was it was it was a lot. Like again, it was our first big gathering post COVID. There was like maybe two hundred people there, and um, it was like a lunch buffet. But you know, we were there with with uh, our three kids, and they got to sit on Santa's lap and you know say hi to Santa, and because they had a Santa there. But like. 
the worst part about it, and I don't think the kids noticed, which was good because like I, I didn't really want the kids' perception of Santa to be kind of tainted by this like real estate agent convention kind of thing. But um we were late, but we were on we were on time, but like I guess it started earlier than what the sheet said. So when we got there, the first thing they say to us is like, Oh, Santa has to leave and in 15 minutes so you better go hurry so we go over there and like santa's like getting ready to go uh so santa needed to leave like that second for he had to be somewhere he had to be another he had another engagement he was double booked i guess look so we're kids like, i yeah. gotta go all right <laughs> basically santa, santa's gotta make his money yeah santa's gotta be at the party down the street um and that was essentially it like we we got there and we said oh can we get a quick photo and he's like yeah yeah of course so we're getting a quick photo, but he—you can tell, like, he's antsy and he's trying—he's trying to go. So we get a group photo with the family. Then Ashley says, "Well, let's get a family. Let's just get us, like the immediate family, like us and the kids." And again, we reset. Like Santa was literally like walking out the door, and and we're like, "No, no, like we want to want to do this photo." And it was just—it was um like as an adult, we could tell he was he was trying to leave and he was he was getting antsy, but the kids were just over the moon. Well, Caden was over the moon uh, to see Santa. Izzy was like very not sure about it, although she talked a big game before we went because I told her like, yeah, you get to tell Santa what you want for Christmas and it's going to be great. And the only way he's going to know is if you tell him and you got to tell him to his face. You can't, you know, it, it it's a, uh, you know, rule. Crofton knows this. The rules of three. You got to click on the ad three times. You got to tell him three times. Um, and, uh, and Abigail was just kind of like, she wanted nothing to do with it. She might've been hungry or something, but, uh, it was a busy, it was a busy time. Like we had, um, a luncheon and I made the mistake. It was like a, a buffet. And I said to the kids, like, if you eat everything you put on your plate, you can go to the dessert buffet and you can get whatever you want as long as it fits on the plate. And uh, that didn't go over well. Like they, my kids and sugar just do not mix. Like they were bouncing off the walls, but, um, they were, they were okay. They were moderately big. They were behaved well enough. Um, we just tried to keep them away from the stairs because like, for some reason they were playing on the stairs, which I, 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 I dislike. Cause it's like those very heavy stairs. It's not like a wooden set with like three, three or four steps. It was like heavy tile concrete stairs. <laughs> and it's like, can we just go run the hallways that are carpeted? You know, that might be a lot more fun than trying to slide down the, the guardrail while your sister jumps in between them, man. It was, yeah, it was a fun time. And then we, and then the weekend after that, we had, um, we had, uh, the Santa Claus parade in town. So I don't know if the Santa Claus parade is back in your area, but they, they brought it back after a three year hiatus, um, due to COVID two year hiatus, I guess. And, uh, the kids had a, a blast. All three of them were super stoked. Like Ashley and I were obviously like, man, it was, it was supposed to be like minus three with like 60 kilometer an hour winds. And we were cold, but the kids were super stoked to see all the bands and the dance groups. And, you know, uh, they didn't care for the local politicians, but like they were really happy about uh, seeing Santa and, and his reindeers and stuff. So and that Santa wasn't as, as big a rush uh, to get going where he needed to go. Uh, so that was good, too. But we had a lot. of. I always I really liked the Santa Claus parade. Like I always loved it as a kid. And I'm always happy to go. Ryan, are you seeing there's more than one Santa? No, like, no. Let me go back and just correct that. That's just Ryan podcasting for more than an hour, kids. Um, you know, Santa was was not double booked this time, and Santa was not in a rush at that moment, like he was at the lunch of the week before. 
So. Nice save. Um, the, uh, no, that uh, we missed the Santa Claus parade here this this uh, this year. Although we've decorated our our tree, um, we got a we got a fake tree, which was uh, that we've been real treeers for the past few years. And Jesse, of all people, has been pushing the sort of fake tree because she's wanted these sort of like a smaller so like a thinner tree so that we can put it in a place that we don't normally, you know, put it. So it's in a different, it's not in the corner where she, where it was before. We don't have an enormous house. Now it's in a, you know, sort of more of the middle, middle of the floor, but because it's like more of like these pencil style trees, it's, uh, and honestly, like my parents, I, I grew up with a fake tree. My parents got a fake tree from Canadian tire. Um, and uh, which was which I think was pretty cheap and crappy the year they bought it, but then they kept it forever, um, and uh, so it, it's laughably bad. But it, then it became like nostalgic and uh, had some sort of you know still gave us the warm and fuzzies. But my wife, when she saw our Canadian tire tree, was always like, "Oh my god, this thing is so horrible!" <laughs> and, and and now um. And now we have a fake tree, and I thought it was going to be like our Canadian tire tree. Well, fake tree technology, Ryan, has gone a good, way further. Like, uh, she had to, like, fluff it up and stuff. But after it was done, I, you know, I'd be hard-pressed to, to tell you uh, that it was fake, you know. Uh, so it looks it looks really good. So I'm, I'm happy with that. And she sent a bunch of decorating around our house. For Christmas, so it looks really Christmassy inside, even though outside. I don't know about you guys, but we have zero snow. It's just like super rainy and and, and gray. Yeah. No snow. Um, we did real trees when we were kids. We'd always go uh, on the Murphy side of the family. We'd always go cut one down um, uh, on some property that um, that was owned by the family, and and that was always a tradition for us. And but when I moved out on my own, and Ashley and I started living together. Um, we got a fake tree and, and we have multiple fake trees. I think we have uh, two in the house that are fully decorated. One is the kids, one is the families. Um, and the reason we, we switched to, to fake trees. I never had fake trees as a kid. Um, it was always real, real trees, but the reason Ashley grew up with fake trees is because her sister's allergic to Christmas trees. <laughs> so uh, growing up, I don't know if it's the same anymore, but I'm, pretty sure it's like crazy yeah. it's, it's it is it is wild so like they had to have a fake tree because her sister would have allergic reactions to to the real tree in the, in the house so um yeah so that's why we have fake trees and you're right they've come a long way and if you buy them after christmas they are like 60 percent off so never ever buy a fake christmas tree before christmas ever whoops um <laughs> yeah Oh, Crofton, come on. Did you not click the ads enough? Like, come on. I mean, I clicked and there was pop-up saying that it was 50% off, right? So here's here's the thing. <laughs> uh, as a parent, I am very much willing to admit uh, my failings. Um, and one failing that I may have, there's so few, uh, one failing I may have is over, like, overuse of tablets. Uh and it's starting to be noticeable. So we have two tablets. Like I bought Jesse an iPad a few years ago for like her birthday. Um, and, uh, and and then we have like this Amazon Fire or Kindle Fire tablet. Um, 
and and the kids essentially use them all the time and mostly they use them for one of two things one is like watching shows on netflix or disney or whatever um and the other is playing games and the games are actually pretty good games like there's this one on the the ipad that gwen likes called uh super sasquatch or sneaky sasquatch which won apple arcades game of the year i think last year um and is a really really well done sort of exploration and engage engaging game where you play as a sasquatch and you go around this campground in the larger town and you can do all these things and and there's a bunch of mini games in it it's kind of animal crossing-esque in a way very it's a very good game but you spend a lot of time she'll spend a lot of time with it and there's these toka life worlds and i'm not sure ryan are you familiar with toka life world uh no i'm not at all familiar with that so toka life world is also it's well received well reviewed and now that you can get the whole thing it used to be you would get individual ones but now you can kind of get the whole thing i think we have it we have like the it's either through apple arcade or the other amazon something whatever we 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 have it and it's essentially like you have these play set it's like playing pretend with figurines like you have these play sets like oh maybe one's the zoo and you click on the zoo and then it goes into the zoo and there's all the animals and you can you can drag a banana to a giraffe's mouth and then he'll eat it or whatever and then you can do all and you can move all these characters and you can dress them up and like it's just really a like a a virtual playset. Um, and Clara, who is again four years old, so quite young, is really into Toka Life World. And she'll wake up in the morning now, and like I'm I I'm, you know, to get everybody up in the morning. And the first thing she'll want to do is grab the tablet and play Toka Life World before she goes to school. And then like in the evening, you know, they're done at 2:30. Jess will pick them up. Gwen wants to play Stardew Valley with Jess, and then Clara will like grab her tablet and just play Toka Life World. And I recognize now at first it was just like little bits here and there, but now we're reaching the the the, the problem stage with both of them where they're the first thing they want to do is grab these tablets. Like it's to play these games or watch a show. It's not like they're surfing the internet, which would be really problematic, but it's like they they've become screen addicted at young ages. And I'm like, oh no, we're gonna have to set parameters. Like no more tablets in the morning no more like you know like and and the tablets make our lives so much easier obviously like when they're when they're doing this like when in the morning if clara's on the tablet then that means that i can make you know we can get their pack their lunch pack their bag get them ready all that sort of stuff and she's not causing craziness or running around or you know whatever but it's just like it's a bad practice and we've got to scale it back and it's just like i recognize we've let this we both recognize we've let it creep up on us like it's really hard to put the genie back in the bottle but we're gonna have to start figuring out ways to do it yeah i mean um we so we ran into some trouble with with the tablet specifically because and this I, i know we talked about it on the show it was um and it's starting to creep up again, um, not necessarily the tablets, but like the the problem that we use the tablets to solve, which is that the kids are waking up so damn early. Like Abby and Caden feed off each other. They take turns every morning waking up the whole house between five and six o'clock. Um, Caden needs to go to the bathroom. He'll wake up Abby and then they'll fight until 630 or six o'clock in which we tell them you got to be quiet. You got to be quiet. You got to be quiet. And then, of course, Isabel wakes up and then all hell breaks loose. Um, and like, I think it was a couple Christmases ago, we said, Hey, we're going to put your tablet at the end of your bed. When you wake up, you're free to watch a little bit of Netflix. 
and and um yeah just have a couple just some quiet time while mommy and daddy um sleep in and and i think that was mostly just for the holidays so that we could get some extra sleep because honestly like if we go to bed um anytime after 10 o'clock like it's 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 fair game that we're going to be woken up at six between five and six and like and and if i'm up you know Ashley will will say like, well, I come back in the room and you're snoring. It's like, yeah, that might be the case. But like, if I get woken up while I'm sleeping, like I have a restless sleep and or not able to get back to sleep, especially if it's after five o'clock. Um, but yeah, we were letting them watch the tablets and it, and it got to the point where, you know, we, I, I didn't set timers on it, um, which was a mistake. Uh, but we found one, one night I, I heard, I heard some rustling around like one o'clock and I go to the bathroom and then I look in Caden's room and he's up at like midnight watching stuff on his tablet. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, well, it worked. I turned it on and it worked. And it's like, yeah, but it's midnight. You're not supposed to watch the chat. So again, like it was, we, we solved that issue just by using the, the built-in timers. And we say to him like, you can't, you couldn't watch it till it unlocked. And I made it unlock. I think at like quarter to six or something just, but yeah, it, it didn't go well. It didn't work because eventually they just kept waking up early so that they could watch the tablet. So, um, we did, we did take them away and, um, for the morning like that, that didn't really work. So, but you know, um, they don't really use their tablets, uh, very much, but they do watch TV after school. Like they're beat after school and, and they just want to like, yeah, that's, that's sort of the slippery slope we ended up because they are beat after school as well. Like they're beat and they want, and I totally think that that's fair game and stuff. But the problem is like putting that back in the jar, um, and and I think like and I've been in this this position before. I think Jess is really enjoying playing Stardew Valley with Gwen, and so they'll go down and they'll play Stardew Valley, and then they lose track of time. And meanwhile, Clara's just on her tablet the whole time, and I'm at work like I'm still working right until uh, until four thirty. So uh, and then and then we come in, and then I got to make supper, and I come in, and Clara's peacefully on her tablet, and I'm like, oh hey, how's it going, sweetheart? And she'll say hi to me, and then she'll go back to her thing, and I'll I'll be able to make supper without being disturbed and then you know pretty much like the day is we have supper and then we're we we do something after supper but like the reality is the day is you know pretty much done and so like she's been on her tablet a big chunk of the time that she's been home and she's four years old right so i just feel like we we're we're hopefully going to do do better on 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 dialing it back it is a really big convenience and i think we we recognize that and we've just got to find a way to make it fit also in bad habits that i'm cultivating um gwen is playing marvel snap with me now so uh so i uh, which is on my phone so like for instance every second night he, she's she's playing games with me um you know she'll do start to value with jess and then on my nights it used to be like we would play like an, an adventure game or whatever but then she started to figure out about marvel snap she's seen it at the corner of her eye and we've talked about it and now like we play it together and she'll play one game and i'll play one game we're playing against human people we beat some like she beat somebody today with my move i have a good move deck and uh, she beat somebody and she's like i'm a kid and i bet the person i beat is an adult i'm like <laughs> you're i'm like you're right you probably is and then she's like i'm a kid and i beat an adult you know and she's uh she was really stoked about it and i really i really like it because we're doing it together like like i don't take you know it's not a big issue but again it's like like if i'm doing bedtime and clara falls asleep 
Gwen will come into my room and be like, I'm because she stays up so late now. And she's like, Oh, I can't sleep. Can we play Marvel Snap? And she'll want she'll she knows I'm a soft touch. And at first I'd be like, Yeah, sure, let's do a couple of games and then you can go back to bed. It's probably a bad practice, like, hey, look at the screen a couple a little while before <laughs> going to bed. Uh, but but uh but now I've changed my tune and I'm just essentially saying no. If you want to play Marvel Snap, we have to do it earlier in the day. Um, and so she's uh She's, you know, it's possible to put the genie back in the bottle. Uh, I still don't have Spider Man though. That's the big joke. We're chasing our we're chasing our white whale, and supposedly, like, I could have had Spider Man like at uh, in the tier three. He's in the tier three cards would start at like collection level four hundred. So like pretty much every I don't know five levels you get a new card. And I'm at like collection level 800 now, and I still don't have Spider Man. So it's just like the odds now are so like it's so ridiculous that I don't have them at this point. Um, anyway, it, it is what it is. But now Gwen's on board too, and we have this running joke. Whenever I pick her up from school, she's like, she's like, "Did you get Spider Man today?" And 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 I'm like, "Yes, I did." And she's like, "Really?" And I'm like, "No." <laughs> and she's like, "Ah." So anyway, I get her every time. It's great. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, I think uh, like you're right. Like trying to reverse course when you've uh, when you've kind of painted yourself into a corner with with tablets and devices and stuff like. But I but I think like um, as long as you recognize and and again, no one's. <laughs> I'm certainly not perfect when it comes to to screen time. But like, I think if you recognize that you've you've hit a wall with it and you, and you want to correct it. Like it, you're right. You can put the genie back in the bottle. It's not impossible. And, and for us, for TV time, um, look, I'll fully admit, like, I mean, after school, they get an hour of TV time. And, uh, that's while we're basically making, making dinner and basically getting everything ready for the evening. Um, as, as Ashley gets home from work and I, and I wrap up work, but, uh, on the weekends, it, Sometimes we make it a little more like um, no rules for TV time. And then, and then that is a slippery slope. Like I will fully admit like last weekend we had too much TV time. Um, and that was mainly because it was raining and, and the kids have been getting better about playing with their toys lately. Like they've, they kind of fallen off their toys a little bit, but now they're like back, back in, I think, especially since Izzy's more in, in on playing with the toys um, that we got scattered all over the house. Uh, and, um, but yeah, like it, like this weekend we'll we'll have to like probably try to pare it back a little bit for sure. Well, Ryan, you know what? I'm very supportive of you paring back your screen time. So what I suggest you do is take that Steam Deck of yours, put it in a box, send it to your return it to. Crofton. Oh yeah, I don't want to return it to Valve. That doesn't make much sense. I'll take I'll take good care of it, and uh, it will help reduce your family screen time by a lot. And uh, yeah, you. You know, problem solved. So well, good, good stuff. You know what I could that do is I honestly could just just stop playing it and and leave it to the side like I do with all my other devices that I buy. Um, no, I'm not going to do that. I, I probably will just uh, keep playing and mentioning it on on the podcast until you buy one. Hey, just out of curiosity, like, and I, I know you have a better video card than me, so maybe it's not an apples to apples. But if you play a game that's Steam Deck optimized, like, like a graphically intensive game, like I don't know, Elden Ring or whatever, and you play that, you install that game on your PC or just play it on your PC. Is the Steam Deck version going to be shittier than the PC version, or is it kind of one for one right now? Um, 
I mean, it's the same game. It's just uh, the yeah, visual I know, settings. But, right. Like, what I mean is, are the videos visual settings? Is the Steam Deck, like, a game that's optimized for Steam Deck, and I know, like, it's difficult to get a, a pure sense of what the equivalent of the Steam Deck specs are on a on a PC because of the way that it gets optimized and, and focuses on games. But like, like, are you, is your PC more powerful than your, like, are you getting better game performance on your PC than you would on your steam deck? Cause I sort of feel like if I had a steam deck, it would be better than my PC. Yeah. No. Um, here's the thing. Yes. Like, I mean, if you're playing the PC on a big screen, you're getting a better performance. Um, like better visual uh, fidelity, but because you're playing the steam deck portable on a 720p screen, like it's like the switch, you know, it comes down to like, do you want to play it in portable mode? Do you want to play it in docked mode? And I, and I, I think that's where it comes down to is like, yeah, it's um, depending on the game, like Elden Ring is a good example. Like, I think you will notice visual differences between playing on the steam deck and playing on a powerful PC, but because it's 720p, and the visuals are shrunk down. Like, I don't think you notice it as yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. But a powerful PC. But is your PC a powerful PC? Like, is is it, like, is your PC, uh, like, is, and if you if you docked your Steam Deck and you were playing it on your monitor, like, if I connected, if I had a Steam Deck, I would honestly often be playing it in dock mode, just like I play my Switch mostly in dock mode. Um, my, my question is just, like, is your computer currently better then you're like, will you be getting a better version? If you're going to be playing in dock mode, is is your computer better than the Steam Deck for, for a, yes. a Steam Deck native? Okay, then you should just give me the Steam Deck. It's it's <laughs> we we like. Why would you have two things? And I would have zero. It just makes portable. no sense. Play a portable. Yeah. That's it pretty makes, much. It makes no sense. I'm glad we. So send me your PC. I'll take whatever. You know, I'll take you. I I'm confused. You, need, you want the PC or do you want the Steam Deck? Because well, now I'll, I'm ta- like, I'll I'll take the one you're not using. I use both, so that, that's I don't believe you. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, that with was a long-winded that, way to get to send me your Steam Deck again. <laughs> I mean, well, you kept making it long. All you had to do was answer a goddamn question, and you were like, <laughs> you were like, well, it depends on the. Oh, I thought you were being serious. I thought you were whatever, asking a very blah, blah, serious blah. question about the yeah, Steam yeah, Deck, but no, I was, but no, now anyway. You weren't. Not, not really. Okay. So, do we have any listener feedback, Ryan? No, we don't. We can, we can, we can, uh, we can pull the plug here. We can pull the plug here. Uh, all right. So, uh, actually, you know what? No. Oh. I'm going to say to the people that they should provide listener feedback, and I'll tell you why, Ryan. Next week, as we mentioned off the or next week, the next episode is going to be the second annual Daddy Awards. Uh, daddies, don't, don't daddies, yeah, don't, don't, don't Google it. But, but the daddies will return, and uh, and we will be giving out, uh, you know, awards to our favorites of the year. But I guess the question that I would want to ask listeners is, who is your daddy, uh, and uh, what does he do? So, what you need to do is send us some feedback. Tell us what your favorites of the year were. Uh, and if you have a category that you would like to add to the daddies this year, we talk about our favorite games, our favorite movies, our favorite TV shows. We talk about the ones that we played this year, you know, revisiting some of the older ones, all of that sort of stuff. We're going to do that again for sure. But is there a new category that you would like to, um, you know, 
to to throw uh, best pool you swam in this year i mean like some something a new category for the daddies we'd be open to that as well but also what are your picks for your favorite uh tv show movie video game book board game child of the year uh and uh <laughs> no we're and, not and, doing that and we will we will talk about it on the next uh, on the next show, which again, second annual Daddy Awards. Um, so, if you want to revisit last year's Daddy Awards in preparation of this year's, you can go to tgistudios.com/dad. All our episodes are listed there. You can go back to last December and see the daddies. Uh, you can email the show with all those picks that we told you about as well as your suggestions, dad at tgistudios.com. You can just tweet at us. Uh, That's probably the laziest possible way you could do this. So you can find me at Croft and Steers, Ryan's at R. Murphy. The show is at DNDcast. And probably using the show hashtag, if you wanted to tweet your picks, that would be great. Um, and uh, and then we'll be able to do sort of an inventory of it and like add it to the show next week. Be really great. We would appreciate it. So thank you to our regular listeners. Looking forward to seeing you and Ryan again for the daddies. Don't Google that. And that is going to do it for this episode of Dungeons and Diapers. Have a great couple of weeks, everyone. And we will see you for the end of the year special. Good luck prepping for Christmas, Ryan. I'm, I'm not going to put my belt back on, but I might take my pants off. Good luck with the Christmas prep and the pants. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. You know what the funny thing is? When you were making the screen time joke, I thought you were like trying to close the show. Like, to you know, to cut down your screen time, let's close the show out. Like so you're not staring at your monitor. And I'm like, wow, that's a cool outro. I'm like, no, so we're gonna we're gonna dive into a five minutes team deck joke. It wasn't gonna be five minutes until you made five minutes.